0: Oh, hello. It's me. Hold on. Let me turn this down a little bit. I got a 40-minute drive. We're going to try to make this happen. Of course, I'm driving through a dead zone for my signal, so I don't really know what's going to happen with this. Here's the real, reel. This is my... Are you kidding me? Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and predict that um that's probably going to happen more than that time more than once that interruption for my other phone that's my work phone i've started making calls this morning to patients before 9 a.m to schedule and that is real early for my demographic of folks the uh the geriatrics they don't and i don't blame them heck when i get done working and am retired Do not contact me before noon, okay? And even then, I might be too early. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't blame them for not answering their phones. But then what happens is, you got two groups of people. You got the old people who are set in their ways because for 30 years, they got up at 5 a.m. for their job. Here we go. What'd I tell you? Anyway, what I was saying was... You have two demographics in this age group, let's say 65 and older age group, maybe 70 and older actually. You got the demographic of people who for 30, 40 years got up at 5 a.m. for their job and had a routine and they can't break it. And so they still get up at 5 a.m. They sit at their table, they drink their coffee, they read the paper, and then they have nothing to do for the rest of the day. And then they usually are napping by about 9 a.m. That's pretty much for first nap nap time, uh, and then you got the other demographic who, if you didn't know this, senior citizens typically have a pretty difficult time sleeping. It can go either way, actually, but for the most part, they uh, they they sometimes don't sleep great, and so a lot of times I'll run into um, people who sit up most of the night watching TV, and then will sleep you know it late into the morning into the afternoon even sometimes so that's the second demographic so either all my people that I called this morning were already hitting their first nap or they're still in bed and so now I'm getting the trickle in it's nine I'm getting the trickle in of phone calls got the got the second demographic of people in this age group who uh, refuse to answer a phone call unless they know the number Good grief! Here's the thing, though. What kills me on that is they know that they have home care. I'm a home health social worker. In case you didn't know that, and you're just listening for the first time, I work for a home health agency, and I'm a social worker with that agency. And so, I'm. They know by the time I'm calling, the nurse has already seen them. So they know that they have unknown numbers. That bless their hearts, and they still don't answer. I I can't tell you how many times. I've been sitting in a house, and, and this is something that a lot of old people have, is they have the uh, caller ID that comes up on their TV. I think it makes them feel fancy. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a house, and the phone rings, and the number's on the TV, and they're like, I don't know that number. I'm not answering it. I'm like, you know it could be somebody from your from your home health care. What, what are you doing? So... Anyway, so yeah, once they get the voicemail, a lot of times, even if it's a actual home number, which is rare, even in the senior citizen population, they're they're catching on to the cell phones. Um, they'll they'll uh, it, this is how it goes: their voicemail, you know, their answer machine or whatever will pick up, and then I'll be halfway through leaving a message, and they'll go, "Hello, hello, hello." <laughs> They'll interrupt me right in the middle of leaving a message. Because if you know, if you're old enough and you ever had an answer machine, you know that when somebody's leaving a message, you can hear them talking. So they don't recognize the number. They don't answer. They let it go to the answer machine. And then when they realize that it's somebody that they actually need to talk to, hello, 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 hello. (laughs) They interrupt you. Uh, Bless their hearts. This is the thing that's hard, too, is that... I had all these patients, I want to schedule with them, but I can't, I can't tell you that it's, that it's not difficult, because it is, because I'm scheduling with them for tomorrow and Friday, and there's about a 95% chance that unless I schedule with them the same day, I'm going to show up tomorrow, and they're either going to be, A, gone, B, forget, or see gone like just at an appointment or at the hospital you know something so it does get a little bit frustrating because you don't want to I don't want to pop up on people I hate when people pop into my house you don't want to pop up on people but at the same time it's like man if I don't and I schedule with you for tomorrow you know you're gonna forget bless your heart this guy just told me can you call me back can you call me again tomorrow and remind me that you're coming why don't you write it down sir but I will I will I love these people they're all good they're all just trying to live their best life being old being old is hard you don't get any respect your your own kids treat you like you're a child I can't wait to be old I've learned a lot from these, from my patients, and uh, I'm gonna be a hellraiser. I'll just give my kids a, a heads up right now. I'm gonna do what I want to do, and there's nobody gonna stop me. That's it. That's it. That's all. So, anyway, that's how I started out my day. But I was, I think, I was trying to say too that this is my third attempt, third and last attempt at recording an episode. It's been probably over an, over a month since I've posted, and I apologize for that. Except it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I recorded a full episode. I titled it. I described it. I did the whole thing. I tried I posted it and it and it disappeared. And I emailed Castbox technical support and they gave me a whole rundown on how to find it. It's gone. It's gone. So then I, I said, Okay, I'm gonna cut my losses. I'm gonna re record I'm gonna record again. I recorded another one. I had it in my drafts folder. I didn't have it titled or anything yet. I went to, uh, I was I was proof, not that I can do anything to it, you know, as far as editing, it goes anyway. But I was listening to it. I always do that. You know, even though I can't edit, I always listen to it because I know I can ramble. And sometimes it's too much. I've definitely had ones where I'm like, this is just too much rambling. I can't even follow my own self. So I always listen to it. And then I'll post it. While well, I was listening to the draft, and then I went to get back on there to li- finish listening to it, it was gone. So this is uh, this is the third and final effort with Castbox to uh, to record. I actually thought maybe this is God telling me that I need to just call it call it quits. Like maybe that maybe I need to you know I've been trying to evaluate everything that I've got on my plate trying to simplify, de stress, declutter the whole deal and I thought, man, maybe this is just like maybe this is a sign that I need to this is one of the things I need to cut out of my life. Not that it causes me any stress or, or takes any real effort, but and I do enjoy doing it. But it was kind of stressing me out that a lot of time was going by and I hadn't posted yet. Well then I went to this uh mothers group meeting on Monday night. Mom's on a mission, to be exact. And uh this a girl that I um grew up with, Mary Lee, who was one of my first guests on here. Actually you can go back and listen to her episode, which is really good. You should listen to it. It was a good one. She said a lot of good stuff. But anyway, she said that um she listened to my episode where I talked about my older two kids staying home some t- some days. <coughs> I'm all allergy and sinusy this morning. Sorry. well, I talked about my older two kids being home alone <clears throat> for some days during the summer. And she, uh, and I talked about how I leave them with a really super detailed schedule of what they need to do and what they're allowed to do throughout the day and how that kind of you know, eliminates opportunities for bickering and for just idle hands. Idle hands, you know, just create disruption. So and she said she listened to that and she implemented that same thing with her oldest daughter who stays home, you know, a day a week here and there. So she told me that and I was like, Dag on it, Marilee so basically it's her fault it's her fault that you got to continue to listen to this it's her fault that i'm recording still because i was pretty well ready to throw in the towel um and i might still be i mean if this doesn't save and post like it's supposed to i don't know i either might be done or i might be looking for a new platform to record because i don't know what's going on with Castbox. but it's kind of messed me up twice now and uh yeah so here we go back I'm back I'm I'm back on here and see I was trying to think about like could I could I condense what I recorded on in like a five minute wrap up probably because even though they were both at least an hour I'm pretty sure I could wrap it up in about a 10 minute recap (laughs) Uh, I guess the highlights over the past month or so let's see so we're talking about all of July. It's about to be August 1st. I can't believe it. Kids are about to go back to school, which is whatever. I don't like, you know what, I like summer break. Um, I work full time, so I like it because I don't like bedtime. I don't like rushing my kids to bed. I don't like just the the chaos of the evening even though I know it needs to happen because my kids need sleep and like they obviously start their days earlier when school's in but I don't like it I mean my kids have been going to bed at like 11 o'clock every night my older two the babies even have been going to bed between like 9 and 10 which is really not a great look for them because they do still have to get up early with me I just we just do a lot we just fiddle around and we stay outside until it's dark and I like that. So, school starting is kind of a bummer. I don't like to get back into the... Sit back play. to the grind, so to speak. I like the freedom of summer. But, but I know that there's a lot of moms who are like, What the heck? I'm counting down because you're home with your kids. And I get that. I get that. So, anyway. Um, so, July. First of July, we went on vacation to Missouri. We stayed in my brother's camper on a campsite. Speaking of being home with your kids, I was with my kids for an entire week. I was actually scared going into it. I told a friend, couple friends of mine, I said, I know this makes me sound like an awful, awful person, awful, can I talk? Awful person, but uh, I was terrified of how it was going to go with me spending that much time with my kids. Listen... <laughs> i 'm a better mom because I work full time one hundred percent i'm more intentional and in the times that I do have with them i'm able to'm uh, just be- it's just better for me i'm a working mom i'm not a stay at home mom it's not in my it's not in my genetics i'm just not i'm a working mom I love my kids forever so much. But I'm a working mom, and so the idea of a full week in another state without normal things that we know on top of it was a literal overwhelming. But here's what I'm going to tell you. And and I think it could have been different if we would have gone on a vacation that was like, super scheduled or super chaotic or make like Disney, maybe like, I think it would have been a lot harder for me to uh, enjoy it. If we like had to be at, you know, this and that this time and be blah, blah. It wasn't like that. I mean, we, we had a camper and we were on a campsite and we were on, it was on the river and it was, we didn't have a schedule at all. We just got up And I made a little breakfast and then we did what we wanted to do for the day. I packed a lunch every day so we didn't have to worry about going back to the camper. And then by the evening, we either met up, my mom went with us, Deb, my mom went with us. That worked out really well too. Uh, And then we just met up with her, with my brother and sister-in-law in the evening and had dinner and that was it was an early usually an early bedtime because it got dark and it's like there's not really anything you can do i mean we watched movies and stuff in the camper but and then it was usually in a really super early morning because max in particular wants to wake up as soon as the sun hits his eyes which was usually right around 6:30 a.m uh his room at home is a cave so he don't know what time it is and he sleeps later <laughs> but uh obviously in the camper it was pretty bright early. So yeah, it was good until it wasn't. Until about 5 days into it, uh my 7-year-old woke up and had a stomach ache and then proceeded to barf. And then Mia, my 2-year-old, she she decided to follow suit and and puke all over the bed. And then uh, we spent the evening at the uh laundromat. <clears throat> Because obviously when you're on vacation and you're in a camper, you don't exactly have a linen closet that you can go to to re, to uh, replace sheets and blankets and pillowcases and stuff. So we went to the laundromat. We washed everything. I, myself, had a little uh, bout with a stomach virus in the bathroom of the laundromat. That was the worst moment of my life. There's nothing worse than throwing up. In the bathroom of a laundromat that has no air conditioner in the middle of July, in the first of July when it's 100 degrees outside. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. So yeah, after that, it was pretty well a wash. I had a migraine the next day from being so sick. My mom, thankfully, was like, cool, let's go home. We ended up driving straight through and made it home by about midnight on July 4th which, hey, I'm going to tell you this and and do what you want to do with it, but I know a lot of people travel over the 4th of July weekend and maybe you're like, oh, we don't want to leave or we don't want to go actually on the 4th because then we'll miss fireworks. We've done this twice and it's the most amazing thing. The best time to drive is on the evening of the 4th of July because for a solid hour, on the highway my kids saw fireworks everywhere like it was a 360 experience there were fireworks all around us right off the highway far away and you know we could see them in all these little communities that we were driving through for over an hour so if you ever get a chance and you're like no we don't want to be driving because we'll miss fireworks no 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 do it because you're going to see so many more it was so fun for the kids it made the trip go by so much faster because we had all that exciting time of fireworks and uh yeah it was fun so yeah we made it home whatever it was fine and then what else happened Like I said, I've been working outside, outside until dark every night, so after that, I worked outside pretty well. This is what I was doing there for a while. Now it's like dark. It's getting dark by like 9.15, so it's not even hardly worth it, but there for a while, I was putting Max to bed between 7.30 and 8, and then I would get almost a solid two hours outside to work. Well, I started clearing a lot of brush and just overgrowth around my house and I got a little I got a little touch of poison ivy. This was the awful thing. The first episode that I lost, I carried on and on. For some reason, I don't even know why I was talking about it, but I carried on and on about how I don't really get poison ivy anymore. I used to get it awful when I was younger. I was so allergic to it. I had to get shots all the time. I was always in the doctor with poison ivy. My mom would scrub me with bleach poison ivy blah 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 I swear to you the next day I woke up and my lips were swollen because I had it on my face (laughs) and then I proceeded the following morning to have to go to urgent care and get a shot because my eyes were literally almost swollen shut I'll post a picture for your enjoyment it was awful and then even though the steroid shot did help the swelling to go down on my face I still had it so bad over every square inch of my body. I ended up having to do a steroid prescription for 6 days. I bought numerous new well really I went to Walmart and I bought every can they had of this calamine spray. Used all that. My arms are still healing because that's how bad it was. Like it shredded my skin. Yeah, so I, that was that was exciting. And then, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, we finished out swim team and that was a good time. That was a really good time. My kids, my kids love it. They love it. It's hard. You think my 12 year old, almost 13 year old wants to get up and leave every day at 715 in the morning in the summer? No, but he did it and he loved it. And, uh, if you, if you can do it. If you can do it, or you know you have a swim team in your community, I'm telling you, check it out. I know it's a pain, I know it's a big commitment, but it's tons of fun for the kids. It's a good way to keep them active through the summer and it uh it's just a it's just a neat community. This is what I love about it. There's multiple things, but this is what I just thought of that I want to say. <clears throat> if you have kids, I would say as early as, like, seven, eight, nine years old, playing soccer, playing baseball, playing softball, playing basketball, if you have kids playing really any other sport, starting about that age, it starts to get ugly. Parents are yelling at refs, parents are, there's, there's 13 dad coaches on, all oh, football is the worst, there's 13 uh, has-been dad coaches bless their hearts. They're doing a good thing. I don't want to dog them because you know what, if you're a dad and you coach your kid's team, holy crap, you're a hero. Good for you. Especially if you work full time and you coach your kid's team. I don't care if you're trying to relive your glory days. I don't care what you're doing. You're a hero in my book and that's a good thing and I don't care what anybody says about it. It's funny. Is it funny to see these dads out there like really, really ramped? About their six-year-old playing flag football because they they played football all through high school and they have a state champ ring that they still wear when nobody's looking. Yeah, it's hilarious, but they're doing a good thing and I, I cheer them on for that. Um, but it, it gets ugly. You know, the dads are fighting. They're fighting with the other coaches. They're they're mad, they're mouthing at each other. They're ba- they're bad talking. I mean, I, I know there were parents who got yellow carded. When Charlie was eight years old playing soccer because of yelling at um, ref, what are they calling referees, umps, whatever. You know, even this year, Clara's seven and her coach pitched softball team. The coach would be fighting with the other coaches. The coach would be telling the ump. You know, just, it get, just gets ugly. Guess what you're not going to see on swim team? This is our sixth, count them, number six, sixth season. Of swim team, and in six summers, I have never witnessed a negative interaction between uh, between parents, between kids, between the they call them uh, judges, I think lane judges or something, basically referees between parents and judges. Kids, I've never witnessed any type of uncomfortable, negative, hateful interaction. Six summers—that's what I'm talking about. The, the community within the swim team is just positive. We're just all there. Nobody's trying to be Michael Phelps. I mean, some of these kids are really good, so maybe they will be. But I mean, we're just—nobody's trying to like break any Olympic records. We're just there trying to keep our kids active. And we know they're, you know, for the most part, most of these kids are, like, mediocre at best. They they swim good. They do good. They're getting better as they get older. And it's just really super encouraging. Everyone is, like, cheering each other on. It's awesome to see these young kids go from, like, needing a coach to help them to get down to the end of the lane to here Claire is, her third year in. And she can swim three out of the four strokes really good the entire length it's just awesome you know and nobody's like yelling at her if she messes up or dogging her if she doesn't do a good job like everyone is just really encouraging so I don't know if you're tired of like having the police be at your eight-year-old's uh little league baseball game because it's dramatic (laughs) try swim team everybody's really nice and happy and nobody really cares that much so I like I like the demographic of people I guess is what I'm trying to say it's not it's just a little bit less intense than some of these other sports so anyway that was that we finished swim team uh let me see here all right I've got like three topics that I want to talk about and I'm trying to decide because I've I've got all these, this backlog of information that I want to pass on from not getting any of these episodes to post, so I'm trying to land on one that I want to record today. I think what I'm going to talk about is, um, I'm going to tell you about this uh, situation that I had and i posted about it on instagram this is this is how far it went i posted about this on instagram with the description to the, the episode i probably need to delete that or edit that post because i put the description for the po- for the episode on instagram and the episode does not exist flipping cast box really screwed me over but i think i'm going to i think i'm going to try to redo that topic in today because uh, it's important and it's it's only served itself and, and played out even more since then. So if you followed along at all, you know that um, I got married when I was about 23, 24, somewhere around there. And to a pastor, this is just a quick, super quick recap to catch up if you're just listening for the first time. I got married uh, to a pastor... We were planting a church <clears throat> in Memphis, Tennessee, Hispanic church. I'm a, I'm a Espanol speaking, if you didn't know that. And, uh, my first ex-husband, uh, was a native of Peru. And so we were planting a Hispanic church in Memphis, Tennessee, um, in, in partnership with, a uh, English church. Anyway. He was abusive. That's what it comes down to. I had to leave him. I left him. I moved to Atlanta. I was pregnant with my oldest son. And uh, ended up when my oldest son was about, I don't know, a year and a half. Basically, it was a money issue. Finally came up with the money to be able to file for divorce. At that point, my uh, first ex-husband, my first husband had already been deported back to Peru, and so he's out, he's out of the picture, then when my oldest son was about three years old, I met my second husband, we got married way too quickly, I'm gonna get into that, that's that's my next topic, (laughs) don't ever do what I did. Uh, way too quickly we got married and had my daughter and after about we got married in March I got pregnant I think in the in like around Thanksgiving of that same year and had her the following August she's gonna be eight in less than a month Um, so that was eight years ago I've been we were we would have been married so it was 2010 we would have been married for coming up on 10 years in March of next year and but he uh he left when she was about two years old the summer he left the summer right before she turned three was back and forth a lot and then the following May when she was three he left for good and has been gone ever since We were legally divorced in December of last year, which, if you're counting, was a long time. (laughs) He filed for divorce in August of 2017. It took us that long to get divorced. Not really because of us. I'm going to be honest, it was more so our attorneys were crap. But, uh, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to give my money to people who don't do their jobs. It's my favorite thing to do. It's one of my best skills. Anyway, so that catches you up. So I've been divorced officially, legally from him for about, I guess, what is that, seven months. And, uh, but, we still had... So, we got, when when the divorce proceeding wrapped up, obviously, we were also discussing custody and visitation and things like that for just our daughter. Um, I had Max and Mia, obviously, already. Um, He is not. He never um, adopted Charlie, my oldest son. And so, there was no legal discussion about him. And so... When we had our final um, court order in November, the judge ordered for a six-month review that we were supposed to have in April. Well, circumstances being what they were, my ex-husband decided to uh, file contempt charges against me. I don't really want to get into... I've talked about this before and I've said this before. You know, my daughter is... Like I said, she's about to be 8. I don't foresee this podcast being something that she'll ever listen to. But, I don't want her to ever come across it and be like, Man, why'd you put my business out there in the world? You know, there are going to be some things that I'm going to talk about that are maybe her story or her business, but... I try to try to be discreet here. Anyway, so he filed contempt charges against me because of some circumstances that, you know, some things that, some choices that I had made that I still today believe, you know, were to protect my daughter and to keep her safe. I ended up uh being charged with contempt. Your girl's your girl is uh is is one wrong move away from being in the slammer. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I have... Here I'm, like, as white bread as they possibly could come. I'm literally the most boring person that I know. And I have a uh, suspended three-day jail sentence hanging over my head if I make one wrong move. So, that's exciting. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so, after that hearing, that joy... We were in front of a judge, a different judge than what we had been in front of. It was actually a magistrate. I don't even want to give her the title of judge because she she is awful. But uh, it was a magistrate, and uh, she was was awful. She was mean. She was nasty to me. She screamed at me the entire time. But you know what? Okay, whatever. So then she decided that she was going to set back our review hearing that was supposed to happen in April and she was going to hear it instead of our original judge and so that just happened the first week of July or the second week in July we had that hearing and uh, again it's, if I could spare details I'll try to but essentially um, I didn't get an opportunity to really share any information because again this magistrate yelled at me and screamed at me the entire time if I could tell you everything it would be confusing it's confusing to me I don't here here we are I'm, I'm the one who's the primary custodian and primary caregiver of my daughter all day every day and, and yet I'm being yelled at. It was it's it's just it's confusing. This is why divorce is awful. Look, either don't get married, or make sure when you get married that you know that it's, you're, you're going to commit to it no matter what. It, except for obviously the the situations that I've talked about. You know, I don't want anybody to be unsafe when it comes to domestic violence and substance abuse and infidelity and those things. We can talk about it, but don't get divorced if you can look if you're thinking about divorce right now listen to me if you're thinking about getting divorced please call me please send me an email I will talk you out of it especially if there's none of those safety concerns I will talk you out of it because I'm telling you right now now would I ever get married to my uh, my husband again to avoid like if you gave me the chance to say
1: uh attempting
0: to connect to your phone please wait oh my goodness what did I just do if you said to me, uh, "We're going to give you the opportunity to get remarried to your ex-husband, so you don't have to deal with everything that's going on with your divorce," would you? Would I do it? Take the next left onto West Road. I mean, gosh, I, I, this this tells you. This tells you how bad it is. I'm actually. I, I would actually consider it. I would consider it with some really strict stipulations and expectations, but it's not something that I wouldn't consider. That's how bad it is being divorced. I think people can be divorced and it can work with kids, you know, in visitation, but it just hadn't been a great experience uh, as far as I'm concerned for myself, for my daughter. Anyway, so we had this hearing, second week of July, and this is what I want to talk about. The judge, the magistrate, I should say, Your destination will be on the, left. the magistrate wrapped up the hearing by telling me that even though I was sitting there and acting like I was mother of the year, I, in fact, was not. And she was very emphatic, and she was screaming, and she was bobbing her head around and it was very unprofessional and disturbing <laughs> but it's what it was and so the is on the I get I mean I'm not gonna lie I walked out of that hearing I was crying before I hit the door it was very very upsetting very confusing very disturbing and I just was Just devastated to have somebody scream that, and that wasn't the only thing she said. I mean, she said a lot of other really upsetting things, and just like I said, confusing because the facts just are not. I mean, I'm not Mother of the Year. I know that. I'm nowhere close. I'm like like a mediocre at best, but I take care of my my daughter. And for someone to scream that at me was really upsetting. Because that's all I do. I take care of my kids. I work to take care of my kids. And then I take care of my kids some more. (laughs) Like, that's all I do. I don't have a social life. I don't date. I don't even, I, I really hardly even talk to other people besides my patients for my job and my kids. I have very limited interactions. I go to church on the weekends. That's it. You know, like everything that I do is for my kids and my home. And and so to have somebody screaming at me was really, really upsetting. So anyway, I walked out of there. I'm a mess. I'm crying. Of course, I'm calling my mom like you do. I'm calling my mom. I'm crying. I'm upset. And I know. I know not to take it to heart. Here's what I think. I think there's a couple of possibilities. I either think A... If you know anything about the court systems and about just culture, it used to be, I don't even know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, probably not even that long, probably just 10 years ago, that even if the dad was awesome, they just were not given any rights when it came to court and custody and things like that, and there just really wasn't uh, a big push for dads to even continue to be involved. They never really had any rights. They never really were given the chance. But that's changed. And so, like I said, I think there's a couple of options. Okay. Sorry, I had to work there for a minute. And I I was a little bit early for my uh, appointment. But every once in a while, I'll get a a patient who is just super eager to see me. And this particular patient came outside and was staring at me, so I had to go, which is fine. Um, and so, I think what I was saying was that when it comes to this magistrate and and thinking about, you know, why did she take it upon herself to be so verbally aggressive towards me with really no justification or no, like like just there's no real grounds on her end to be this way what I determined was that like I was saying either she is so concerned about someone questioning her being biased towards the mother because she is female that she just really swung in the opposite direction (laughs) and decided that no, no, no. Nobody's ever going to question me on being biased. I am going to be the opposite of biased. And, and, then, and then that'll be really super clear on, you know, that end. Um, so that's one thing that I thought could be the reasoning behind. And the other one would be maybe she just has, like, some of her own trauma or mommy issues that are kind of bleeding into her professional world. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know why. um, But here's the point. Here's the point of this story. This isn't the first or only time that someone has called me names or, you know, questioned my parenting or... Called me out on something. Or said something to me that was hurtful. This isn't the first time. And it won't be the last time. My. Uh, both of my ex-husbands. To be honest. Were. Super eloquent. When it came to just really. Tearing me down. Um, very. You know. Verbally. And emotionally abusive. And. Just. Just anything and everything that they could say, they would say it. I remember with my second husband, especially, he was just, he was, he's really good at it. Uh, I found myself kind of internalizing some of the things that he would say about me and some of the things he would call me. And, and then I, I had been in church and for whatever, you know, the message was about, um, knowing who we are because we know who God is and I remember I had this mantra that like I would almost disassociate from his words my second husband's words and kind of just repeat the truths that I knew about who I really was based on what God said about who I was you know that I was loved I was loved I was loved by God if not by anybody else I was loved by God that I was capable of doing the things that I needed to do that God created me for a purpose that God gave me gifts and strengths and weaknesses but that you know God didn't put me on this earth and all I am is these awful things that this man is saying that I am um you know, I'm not a Here we go. I'm not a monster. I'm not uh going to hell because I'm awful. I'm not you know, I'm not only fat. I am fat, but that's not something that I'm only, you know, I'm not only fat. I'm not only gross. I'm not only ugly. I'm not only crooked teeth. I'm not I'm not those things. You know, I might have those Things going on, and that might be part of my physical description, but I'm more than that. And so, what I wanted to say today was, I know I'm not the only person who has said some, who has had somebody. Maybe I wish I was the only person because it's awful, but I know I'm not. I know I'm not the only person who has had somebody say nasty things to to you, to me. Um, who has had somebody say really super hurtful things to me. And, and here's the two, two takeaways that I want to pass on. When that magistrate said that to me, my first response was to, you know, not to anybody or out loud or to her. But my first response internally as I was processing her saying that was to completely rebel against the idea of me not being you know, mother of the year and, and, and list off in my head, all of the ways and all of the things that I do for my children and how dare she, and she doesn't know what she's talking about. And she didn't give me the opportunity and blah, you know, just blah. And then after a couple of days, when I was able to process, you know, those things and those arguments and those basically defense of myself arguments, I started realizing that, you know what? I, I do a okay job at parenting my kids, but there are definitely some areas that could use a lot of work. I am tasked as a single mom with the respons- with, a, with the responsibility of not only nurturing and and being, you know, motherly and loving and hands-on with my kids but I'm also tasked with the responsibility of being the spiritual head of household to my children and what that means is teaching them you know as the first line of defense about God and about a relationship with God and what that looks like and how to cultivate that and how to be disciplined with that relationship and how to implement habits, you know, that will carry throughout your entire life of Bible reading and prayer. And I really had to take a hard look at myself and realize that that's not something that I've done a great job at. You know, there have definitely been extended years worth of time um, that we have consistently Read, you know, Bible, the Bible and devotionals every evening. Um, To be honest, things kind of went to crap when Max and Mia came. I blame them. No, (laughs) but it's just hard. It's hard. And I remember fighting it for a long time, you know, fighting a baby and trying to read a Bible story to my younger two kids or my older two kids. Like it's just really hard. It's hard when they all go to bed at different times. And so when do you do your Bible study? And when do you, you know, have that time where you, Pour into your kids the most important thing that you can pour into them, which is teaching them about Jesus and about how to you know love God and serve God. And so, I re- so that was takeaway number one. <clears throat> when people say things about you that are hurtful or that are hard to hear or that you don't want to hear, you can be upset. Like I said, I was upset. I was crying. Before I even hit the door, I was crying. Probably look crazy coming out of that poor building. But you can take out of what people say what you want to take and what you maybe need to take and then leave the rest of it behind and don't internalize it. Do I like my ex-husband calling me a fat ass every time he's around me? No, absolutely not. I do not. However... After the hurt dissipates, I can take away from that, that, you know what, I'm not healthy. I do need to consider the possibility that having a giant tail and and being overweight is a bad thing. Should he be calling me that? No. But I can take away from it what I need to take and then I can leave the hurt and leave the rest of it and use those words of somebody who doesn't know me and doesn't know my heart and doesn't know all the details or the facts of the situation. I can use those hurtful words, motivate, use them to motivate me, to drive me, to change things, change my habits, change what I'm doing, and then leave the hurt, leave the rest of it behind and not allow for, you know, there was a long period of time where it's so counterproductive, but him telling me that I was fat would emotionally lead me to the point of wanting to binge eat. And so it was kind of counterproductive. <laughs> Here I'm upset because he's calling me fat and disgusting and blah blah blah. But because I can't handle it emotionally, my response was to binge and to eat and eat and eat and everything and anything I can get my hands on. And I've just I mean really within the past couple of months gotten to the point where It's, it's almost like, come on, keep calling me fat, keep calling me fat until I'm not anymore. And then what are you going to call me then? Because maybe then you'll call me, uh, I don't know what, and then I'll fix that. And then I'll work on it and it'll be, it'll drive me and it'll motivate me. And, and so now instead of him, when he, when he says those things to me, it doesn't sting as much. It just for me is a kind of an affirmation that I need to continue doing what I'm doing when it comes to exercise and eating healthier and and things like that. So, take, and that's number one. Take what you can take. If you don't need any of it, don't take any of it. Other people's words and other people's opinions of you are not yours to take on unless you want to. Take what you want to take. Leave the rest behind. Use what you want to use to motivate you, to change you, to drive you, and then let the rest of it go. The second thing would be, um, as far as a takeaway and kind of what I have had to say to myself, you know, a lot, is no matter how close the person is to you, whether it's your spouse or your parents or your kids your adult kids your younger kids your your best friend your cousin your whatever no matter who the person is or how close they are to you or how much you value their opinion or I you know uh, in, in my situation it was a magistrate you know no matter how much authority the person has at the end of the day Nobody's words about you are 100% true unless their name is Jesus. And I don't mean your cousin, your Mexican cousin, Jesus, okay? I mean, I mean the one, the one and only Jesus. You know, that is the only person, that is the only person who has a 100% truth. You know, through the Bible, through his words to you, those, that is the, that, those are the, that's the truth. And so, if you find yourself questioning, how can I counteract, you know, these things that are being said about me. How can I get myself emotionally to a place to where I'm not going to believe these things that are said or I'm not going to internalize these things that were said about me. It, it comes to reminding yourself that God's words about you are the only 100% truth. And so reminding yourself of what those words are, reminding yourselves of what God says about you and that, that God created you and that he loves you and that you are worth, you have value, but His. He gave his son, his own son, Jesus, to die for you. And so you have value and you have worth. And God says that about you. And and trust me, I have literally within the past week said to myself, man, it feels like God hates me. (laughs) I've said that. I felt that because life is hard. It is really, really hard. It's really difficult. You know being a parent period being a single parent being a, a single mom having a house and trying to work with, i'm sorry men who listen but trying to work with men and not being taken advantage of and feeling like you're heard and respected is really difficult um I'm trying to raise my son to be a, a strong man who was res- respectful. I mean, it's just life is hard. Is what it comes down to. And sometimes it can feel like the world's against you. But even in those moments, like I said, within the past week, I have had those moments where I've broke down and felt like, my goodness, does anybody even care about me? Does God even care about me? Does God hate me? Like, is that even a possibility? <laughs> And then I have to, you know, that's what it is. You even say things to yourself that you got to check yourself and say, you know what? No, these are lies that I'm saying to myself. These things aren't true. I got to go to the word. I got to go to God's word and I got to remind myself of the truths that God says about me because the truth is that God loves me. The truth is that that God values me and, and has wor- and that my life has worth. The truth is that God created me for the purpose of living my life, to give Him glory, and and that's important. Or I wouldn't be here. So that's what we got to do. We gotta we gotta take what we can take, and then we gotta we gotta focus on on what God says is the truth, and know that that's the that's the main that's the main main truth. That's the one hundred percent. There's no. There's no piecing out what God says and taking some of it and leaving the rest of it behind. You got to take all of it. And sometimes, sometimes all of it can be hard. Sometimes all of what God says can be. My pastor just did a message that I really, I really like. that, you know, where he talked about how, you know, sometimes what God says can be offensive. Sometimes the truth of salvation can be offensive. Sometimes the truth of following God can be offensive and can be hard. It can be exclusive, But you can't piece out what you don't like and leave it behind when it comes to what God says. So, that's it. That's all. That's all I got. I mean, I got a lot more, but it's like other topics, so I'll be back. (laughs) Like I said, I got a whole month's worth, but I haven't had a chance to... And hopefully this gets recorded because I can't can't do it again. This is a heavy one for me because I feel... I still feel... You know how, like you get a bee sting and it hurts really bad at first. And then like 3 or 4 days later you think that it's okay cuz the swelling's gone and it's not red anymore and then but then you like brush up against it and you're like, "Oh man, that's still kind of sore." That's how I feel. Like the main sting of the 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 magistrate is gone, but I still I still feel a little residual, little little just just, you know, really just fear of having to ever be in front of her again because I don't know that I can you know there's only so much like I don't know that I could take it again (laughs) I've taken a lot I've had a lot of people scream and cuss me and call me names and I mean but man that was rough she really hit a chord but anyway if I can help uh if I can if I can be somebody that you talk to if I if you need somebody if you can't and I've been here if you can't on your own muster the strength to say to yourself the truth of what god says about you call me or text me or email me and i'll do that for you i'll be the person who who says what's true to you from what God god's word says and i've i've had uh i've had moments where i've had people that have had to do that for me because i couldn't even i was so beat down And I couldn't even remember. I couldn't even put my mind around what was true. I was so deep into into feeling how I felt by whatever was said to me that I couldn't even, I couldn't motivate myself to know the truth and to believe the truth. So I've had people that have come come along beside me and have had to say, no, 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 you need to remind yourself this is what's true. This is who you are. this is who God created you to be. this is what's real. and if you need that and you don't have anybody else, please reach out and I'll and I'll be that for you. That's all I got for today. I'm getting ready to keep on working for the rest of the day. I'm hopefully going to get this posted. If all goes well and the Lord wills it, it'll be posted. So you know you can always reach me by email <clears throat> it's podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, or if you are, uh, local and have my contact information, you can track me down any way you can track me down. You can find me at the same handle on Instagram, slide into my DMs. You know what's so funny about that? Slide into my DMs. It sounds kind of dirty. Like, what are you sliding into? And so my son the other day, he was like, my oldest son, he said, mommy, what's a DM? (laughs) Like, like he thought it was maybe a, a a slang word for vagina or something. I was like, no, 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 it means direct message. He was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, anyway, slide in my DMs. Um, and we'll talk, okay? All right, have a great day. I'll be back. I'll talk to you the next time. And uh, I love you all. See you then. Bye.